It's a brand new day, and we're putting the AM in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. Welcome to Signal Boost. This is Jess McIntosh. I'm so excited to be talking to Rebecca Henderson of the new freeform show, Single Drunk Female, which premieres this January 20th, Thursday. Okay, Rebecca, I first saw you in Russian Doll, um, but you're currently in this project. Yep. And in the Shonda Rhimes sex appeal and in the uh, upcoming, you know, Shonda Rhimes is inventing Anna. And then there's oh. also sex appeal that's out right now. All of these projects are like tailor-made to something a feminist radio show audience would be into. I'm so excited about all of them. So I, I guess my first question is like, do you only take projects that have complicated, messy women's stories in them. Is that how you look for, for what you want to be in next? Because it, it, it's a formula that works. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not necessarily what I look for, but it is what comes to me. And I happily, uh, happily feel comfortable in that world because that is who I am. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you do right to be thought of as the let's tell real women's stories person? Uh, well, I've been brutally honest since I was a child uh, to a fault. And um, before I learned to think before I speak, uh, I eventually learned to think before I, I, I speak. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I guess just being like an honest, straightforward person when I, um, that's how I am in the world. And when I audition for things, I remember someone saying to me when I was in my late 20s they were like when you turn 40 you're never gonna stop working because like the way I look and the way I act is going to line up and um, that's actually been true I'm 41 and I've had probably my busiest couple of years the last three or four years okay I have an actor friend who just turned 40 who we have been saying that about since high school and I'm going to tell him that yeah. it worked for you because it yeah. seems to be starting to work for him so what is it about like but here you're talking about a guy, like I, I get the sense that like, we don't want messy and complicated in our ingenues. Like you don't get to be interesting until you're 40. And it's sort yeah. of great that women who are 40 are allowed on camera these days. That's nice, that's new. Yeah. But the quality of story just improves so much when you let in a little life experience. Yeah, I mean, I I totally agree. I mean, I don't even, I don't even know what to say to that. That's ex yes, that's, that's been my experience. I mean, I started out in theater and I think, you know, I think theater writes complicated women, um, or at least it did for me, I guess. And, uh, yeah, it's just been a very natural progression. I think, you know, like when I first started auditioning, sometimes when you first start out, you audition for like under fives, like just five lines. I never got those parts because people would be like, is up with that girl or like there's, there was like too much going on you know or like uh -huh. I auditioned for commercials and I remember them being like she looked mad and I was like I'm smiling they were like she looked very angry I was like I am literally smiling and I had to sort of learn to sort of go kind of like no offense to commercials but a little dead behind the eyes and just like selling that thing for Walmart or whatever it is um but yeah, like with streaming, streaming platforms as well, like Netflix and HBO, and they're just allowing for um, a much more nuanced person. Yeah. Lots of women. I think that's, that's what we're getting in, in single drunk female. It's we, we've had a few feature length films about addiction and women 
but yeah. they're they're dark, they're gritty, they're tough. And and yes, addiction and recovery is all of those things. Yes. This is it's a comedy. It's very funny. And I felt guilty laughing at it a few times, you know, because I have friends who are struggling with addiction and recovery right now. I have, and I'm, I'm laughing at this story, but they laugh at their own lives in the same way. And I'm hopeful that this is going to help sort of break down some of those conversational walls that we have up about women in addiction. Absolutely. I mean, I think, um, I mean, addiction touches so many of our lives. I mean, really so, so, so many, but it's hilarious. Like the sponsor sponsee dynamic is hilarious. They, you know, I, I don't know. It's like in our darkest moments, I was with a friend last week and she got some really um, like it, it really intense news yeah. and she was sobbing and laughing. We were like hysterically sobbing and laughing together. And I was like, gosh, this is so, it was so weird. Like such an actor brain to be like, this is so like the kind of projects that I want to be involved in like, <laughs> laughing and sobbing at the same time. But I think with single drunk female, like, you know, addiction, sobriety, all of that stuff is very, I have many, many friends in the program and it's very, very close to my life. Alcoholism runs in my family. And, um, I think sometimes it does have to be, um, you know, made into like kind of a palatable form for people to be able to talk about it and laugh about it. It can't just be like, you know, I don't know, horrible DUIs where people are, you know, killed, like the tra tragedy, it has to be kind of funny. And um, I don't know, I do think that for, you know, in New York, I have tons of sober friends. I've, I've known right. all about AA forever, but in different, you know, in small towns, you might not have a lot of access to people who are sober. So this, I hope this show can, can has a broad reach. I honestly think, and I have the same experience. I grew up in New York. I have people in the program, but it, still my conversation, I, I feel like and granted, I'm only three episodes in, so I'm basically like a, a newbie sober person thinking I, that like they understand everything. But like, I actually think watching this show is going to help me understand my friends more when they talk about their sponsors, when they talk about the dynamic of, of AA. And there are so many things that I have a hard time with in AA. I mean, the higher power concept. I'm like, all right, you lost me at step two. Like, I, I don't yeah. know what to do with that. Yeah. So watching the characters grapple with that, especially the, your character, Olivia, is the, the sponsor. Yeah. seems to be, at least in the beginning, the one whose head is on the straightest, has it together. Watching yeah. somebody like that have accepted a higher power right. kind of offers a permission structure to be like, okay, this is something that we can, we can get along with. Did you, did you have a lot of sponsors let your, let you in? Like, did you, what, how did you approach authenticity in this role? I did a ton of research. I attended meetings. Um, I, you know, with permission, listened in on sponsor sponsee phone calls. Um, which are, you know, incredible. And the, the sort of the best piece of advice I got is um, basically like you can only do what you did with your sponsor. And so it's like, hey, this is what it is. This is what worked for me. This is all I can impart to you. If it doesn't work for you, you can go find another sponsor. It's like very, it's very like cut and dry. Um, yeah. And that comes out uh, in the first couple episodes a lot. Well, it's, I mean, that is what Olivia does the whole way through. She's like, just don't drink. And here's, here are the tools to help you to not drink. And you either use the tools or you don't. There's like well, almost, it, no, almost no mystery. <laughs> it sets up this dynamic where your sponsee, our, our, our erstwhile heroine of the show, is, is asking you to be a life coach. Like she's asking you to be a therapist. She's asking you to be a financial advisor. Like she's asking for life help. Right. And you keep offer not drinking help. And right. that is frustrating when what she wants to know is like, how do you get money? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's like, how, yeah. What is that? There's, 
you may not even be there, but there is a scene where she's just saying like, what do I do? And what about this? And what about this? And I'm like, I got, I don't know. Yeah. That sounds hard, <laughs> but it's not to do with drinking. So the only thing I know is that don't drink. Cause that problem's certainly not going to go away. If you get drunk, it's going to be right. worse. It's going to make it harder. So there's, there's a through line through this. There's like an unofficial mantra. That's like, it's hard to be a person, which I know is an AA mainstay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ali so character says that a lot. It's hard. To yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, very excited to talk to her later this week. That is a hell of a performance right there, but like, oh, like it's not, it's hard to be a person thing. That's something that I'm saying to everybody right now. And everybody is saying right back to me, um, regardless of any addiction issues. It's just yeah. sort of how we're all like, is there, are there lessons that people who, who might not be struggling with alcoholism, but are just struggling can take from the show? Yeah, I mean, I think something that the show does and what, you know, AA does is, and really all we need is community. Um, right. People are so, people are so lonely right now, you know, even if they're in relationships and, you know, have children, all this stuff, it's just like, we're so isolated. And I don't know, this has been going on with the pandemic. It's just been going on for such a long time. So yeah, I think the show, I don't know. I think the show sort of says, you know, you can do hard things, very Glennon Doyle, you know, we can do mm -hmm. hard things. And if we dig into the relationships, one of the big things the show says is that if Sam, um, Sophia Black D'Elia's character, if she digs into the relationships around her and she becomes a good friend, a, a good daughter, a better person for herself, uh, she, it will pay off. That feels really hard though, especially <laughs> in this moment where like, I don't know, Zerlina and I were talking about like, what are our new year's resolutions this year? And it sort of feels like the, the only one is survive. Like the only real resolution is like, keep yourself intact the yeah. whole year. Yeah. And you win. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> Agree. <laughs> yeah. Move to Trying. the woods. I, I feel like I want to move to the woods. I was saying to my therapist, like kind of did. <laughs> you did. If you're smart, you're smart. I want to. I, I pandemic purchased a house with my mother. That's how badly I needed to get out of Brooklyn. So. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, if I'd known it was going to be this long, I think I'm from Canada. My sister was pregnant. I think we would have moved up there to a cabin on the lake, you know, but it was no. so hard to know. I mean, we didn't know. And we still don't know. We still, are oh. we going to be fine in February? Are we going to be here in 2024? No clue. Who knows? I know. It's really wild. Your industry has probably gone through as much as anybody who's not like a public school teacher or a hospital worker, just in terms of, of being totally blown up by the pandemic, yeah. you know, live performances, comedy shows, uh, shooting schedules, production calendars, all of that got upended. Can you just talk a little bit about what, what you and your peers have, have been through over the last couple of years? And is there a way for, for people who are watching this and, and feel bad, can we help? Like, are there things that we should be doing? <laughs> I mean, I guess, you know, the first thing I thought about the industry that was hit the hardest was the theater. You yeah. know, first of all, people don't make a lot of money in theater. So there's not a huge nest egg anyway. So the first thing I was thinking is like, we need to pay everybody in theater more money because it's just, you know, even on Broadway, it's just not that it's not yeah. that much. So I guess what we can do is, you know, um, when when we feel safe, start going to those live performances again. Um, that will help bring Broadway back. But there's only so much we can do because what we need is the people in the middle of the country to be coming in and staying in the hotels and going to the restaurants and going to Broadway. Right. So in, in I don't know, you know, honestly, we need more, I think that they need more government support. In Canada, there's a huge, I mean, there's fewer people, way fewer right. people in Canada, but there's a huge amount of government support. Right. Um, and, you know, there isn't so much for the arts. Uh, 
And then for TV and film, you know, it's like the indie films are the ones that are getting, you know, hit the hardest. And that's kind of what I love to do the most. Um, and the bigger that's when you get those messy, complicated women. <laughs> exactly. And the bigger projects, you know, they're, they continue to be okay, which, you know, I understand. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just been such a road of like, you know, the testing and the for, at first when we came at, back, we were like getting tested every day, uh, two different kinds of tests, rapids and PCRs. And then we were wearing shields, <laughs> masks, and we were zipped into bubbles on set. And we were only allowed on the set, they would be like red light. And then all the lights would turn red. This is on the Shonda Rhimes show, save lots of money. Um, everything would turn red and then the actors would be moved in and everybody who wasn't in the red zone would have to like go out. This sounds like genuine dystopia. Like you could film the filming and it would be a movie. Yeah. I was looking back through my pictures because I, you know, should post some stuff on Instagram as the shows are coming out. And I was like, God, it's just like me getting a test, me getting a test, me wearing a mask, me in a bubble. Like <laughs> it, it was wild. And then you have to act. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely was different. You know, one of the things I like most about acting is the community of it and just yeah. chatting with people and being around the chairs and you know, the more dramatic the project, the more you're laughing really when you're, you know, when the cameras aren't rolling. And uh, yeah, it was hard. We had to be separated a lot and in our, you know, in our uh, dressing rooms and stuff. But, you know, we, it was also one of the safest places to be because we were in these testing cycles and getting able to get tests every 24, 48 hours. So it is funny that like, if you look at professional sports and professional production shows, like you are actually able to see how a group of people can come together in pandemic and get something done without getting everybody sick. Yeah. And it's, it would be nice if we could apply that to, I, I don't know, schools. That's not really. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's <laughs> so weird I was like do we I mean there's so you know I'm looking at thousands of tests on set and I'm like should these maybe go to something that mat matters more than television <laughs> and I think there are frankly there are a lot of people globally now who would have in like I don't know say 2019 said that tv didn't actually matter all that much and right. I, I don't think there are very many of us that feel that way now like I have a group of friends that I've basically seen uh, over zoom Every yeah. week on Saturday, we get together and watch a movie. It got a little better after vaccination. And now we're like, screw it. Let's go back to doing it every week. And all we talk about is what we're watching on television. Yeah. Like yeah. the what you do this week is like, what shows am I missing? Yeah. And when at a very at the very stressful times in the pandemic, I couldn't even read a book. Like reading no, a me book. Me either. And I'm a huge reader. Yeah. It really messed me up. Yeah. Yeah. Television does feel important. I think I've watched yes. all of Netflix at this point. Um, Basically. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm moving into like deep into the foreign language Netflix at this point. Like really? I've done, I've done everything that I can, but stuff. basically I'm learning that I can just like look for a project that you were ever involved in and know that that's going to be something that is extremely up my alley and very smart. So I, I have to thank you for that. That's so nice. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. There's a lot of, I had a lot of stuff happening, you know, when the pandemic happened and I was like, huh, I wonder what, you know, and then it was a very long time, but luckily everything that was going to happen did end up happening continuing and happen. Yeah. So I, I was very, very fortunate during this time. Yeah. You've, you've, you've also been, I mean, I don't know if it's, if it's lucky or the way that you're designing it, but you wind up in projects with a lot of extremely talented people, just like a lot of heavy hitting comedians on the set. And like, what, what is that? Do you wind up doing more in terms of improv? Like I'm thinking about the, your, your wife on, on single drunk female yeah. is, is Madeline Wise. And it, I've only seen her for like probably two and a half minutes of screen time at this point, but like you packed 
15 years of relationship baggage into like the handing off of a cat from one character to the other. Like a cat, that cat's like 40 pounds. <laughs> I've never seen a cat that size. And I love, its name was yeah. Josh. That's just a great cat Josh. name. I love, yeah. I love animals with people names. It makes me deeply happy. Um, so do you yeah, create that kind of chemistry like as you're going or do you, is it about a backstory or is it about improv in the moment? How do you handle it when there's like that much wattage on set? You know, we, I got along with Maddie so well right away. As soon as we met, we really got on. Um, we had like every time she was, you know, in Atlanta where we were shooting, we were having dinners and I don't know, we just, you know, we just, uh, we just like vibed as actors. And um, we did a lot of improv improvisation, like all the, like, you know, the passive aggressive stuff was written. And then we turned into like the weird baby talk, you know, we did, oh, we did improv a lot of that. And, um, but we did talk about some backstory later on. Some, our storyline gets a little heavier and um, yeah, sometimes you just meet an actor that you totally, that you totally vibe with. I felt the same about Ali Sheedy and, um, and Sophia. Those are the people I work with the most on the show. And we just had, yeah, we just spoke the same language of like how to create together in those very, you know, you don't have a lot of time <laughs> trying to get those episodes out quickly, especially during the pandemic. Um, and so, yeah, we just really vibed with each other. You've also worked with a lot of incredible women directors, which I have to imagine changes the calculus of, of vulnerability on set a little bit. Have, is, is that unusual or has that been sort of a mainstay through your career? Yeah, that's that's the norm for me. When there's a male director, honestly, like I'm like, oh, who's that guy? <laughs> oh, he's a director. Like I just <laughs> I just feel like I'm constantly surrounded by, yeah, I don't even really think of it anymore, you know, or I don't know if I ever really thought about it. Um, because I've been spoiled in that way. Uh, yeah, I mean, working with working with women is amazing. The way they, 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 we, I think women in general, we just can handle so much at once. So we're taking care of the actors, we're taking care of the script, we're taking care of, you know, it's a very, um, it's uh, where I want to be. I mean, men are great too. <laughs> I mean, men are great too. Men are obviously, obviously great too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> men, are, men are just awesome. Um, but if you have. <laughs> men are awesome. Like, just, you heard it here first. Men are also, men are awesome. Just, Big fan. Um, if you have advice yeah. for younger actors, comedians who are setting out in this industry and, and want the kind of integrity that you have, and maybe the advice is wait until 40 and you can have it, but like yeah. they, they want that integrity in their career. They wanna work with people that drive them. They wanna work with people who are telling the stories that they care about telling. They don't wanna have to sublimate their personalities to fit some sort of role that the, you know, patriarchy says they ought to if they want to be successful right what, is there blanket advice that you can offer to those or is it literally like get a sponsor <laughs> gosh that's a good question I mean I've been so fortunate because you know my wife is Leslie Headland, who's the creator of Russian Doll and she yeah. put me on that show you know and sometimes this business it's not that mysterious it's like you need one part and then people are like oh she did that part she was good on that show let's give her this other show it's just it's you know it's not um complicated it's actually kind of like weirdly simple in that way but I you know I did a master's degree I trained very hard I uh did I think 24 plays in New York as I was coming up. Uh, so, you know, you can't go wrong with hard work and like, I don't know, you also have to, this is very AA advice, but you gotta keep your eyes on your side of the street, do what is right yeah. for you. And um, and yeah, and just keep working hard and um, and then marry Leslie Hedlund, I guess. No, I mean, but thank you for admitting that. Like, I, I feel like there's this, 
guys do it all the time. Like, the yes, time. I had a, I had a great job. And so I gave it to my frat brother. I had yeah. a, you know, there, there's an opening at my company and I made sure that my cousin got it. Like it's, yeah. and she has a that, company and I'm, I'm learning how to produce so I can be part of the company because we're together all the time. Anyway, we work together all the time anywhere. Uh, anyway, men and you know, men do that with their wives all the time. Like this makes perfect sense. It's also not necessarily like a pejorative. Sometimes you happen to be married to somebody who's fabulously talented because you're really good at recognizing talent. And of course you would want to put them in your thing. That's what but I women. <laughs> we sort of seem to like, I don't know, we mystify this. Like I, you know, I got what I got because I was perfect in a specific way to me yeah. and you can't ever replicate that. Yeah. And we don't talk about how we got there. We don't talk about how much we're paid. We don't talk about how we stay there. It's just a little Cinderella story that we share and that can't help anybody. Absolutely. And with my friends, we are all brutally honest. We talk, we always talk about how much we're getting paid so that I we can that. try to get paid more. Um, and yeah, be aware of everything that's going on around us. <laughs> how do you cultivate that kind of a community? Like that kind of honesty? I mean, like I said at the beginning of us talking, I am I am brutally honest, probably because I grew up with two British parents who didn't ever oh, talk. Oh God, about yes. And so I'm I in a relationship with someone who grew up with British parents, and my God, it's real. It's really real. Yeah. And so I went in the opposite direction of like wanting to just always talk, talk it through, you know. And I'm sure that irritates people a lot, but um, it also results in really great, deep, honest friends and friendships. And I have, uh, I am. Um, I'm certainly an extrovert. I get all of my energy from being with my friends and it's the, yeah, the most important thing to me is my- How are, how are you holding up? Cause I feel like I am a shell of a human being. Like the extroverts are not okay. Like, how are you doing? Yeah. Do you want to, you want to stick around and chat more afterwards? <laughs> what am I doing? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, you know, I was working a lot. So that was really helpful because you're with like hundreds of people. And, um, you know, I, I had COVID recently, so that gives me, and I've had multiple vaccinations. So, you know, You're I have superhuman at this point. Yeah, I'm like the Hulk. And uh, yeah, but it's been hard. I use Marco Polo. Do you know that app? No, what is it? It's an app where you can talk, like basically, it's sort of like, it's not a walkie talkie, but you can talk face to face with someone else and you can sort of go back and forth. You can watch it live, you can watch it later. I use that with some of my friends a lot. I spend hours on the phone with my friends and I try to see them, you know, outdoor walks when I can. As much as I can. Absolutely. Okay. So since lots of people I know binged Russian doll and I'm sure uh, everybody's going to do what I did, which I should say, I get screeners for these things. Usually I get a pilot instead. I'm just going to say this on air. Cause I said it to you before I got the whole thing and I was almost late to this interview because I can't stop watching it. So everybody's going to binge single drunk female as well. Everyone is waiting for inventing Anna. We are very excited about sex appeal. What have you been binging in pandemic? Like what's your go-to? I mean, <laughs> so embarrassing. I know it's a terrible question. I'm sorry. Answer. Well, I watched an excellent show called Black Earth Rising with Michaela Cole, Ooh, which is, I have heard. Uh, yeah, I highly recommend, but it's an, it's intense. Um, it's about the Rwandan genocide. So it's not exactly, you know, light, but it's the acting is unbelievable. Um, John Goodman's in it. He's incredible. But then I've sort of, you know, I've been watching um, and just like that. I've been watching. I watched Emily in Paris. I don't know what I'm doing. Last night, Leslie and I watched Cheer. I'm so, watching here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very, yeah. Cheers. Very, very good and emotional. Um, so I don't know. I'm just like putting stuff on and I don't know, staring at myself, right. staring into the middle distance. Well, thank you for giving us so very many things to look forward to so that we don't have to watch Emily in Paris for the second time. <laughs> um, Rebecca Henderson. <laughs> 
It was really a delight talking to you. Single Drunk Female premieres January 20th. Inventing Anna is coming up in February. You can find her a bunch of other places that we've talked about. Thank you so much for joining Thank me. Thank you. Week. That was very nice. Thank you very much. Really nice to talk to you. Be well. Bye. <laughs>